ECDC On Air, the podcast of the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. Keeping up to date with European epidemiology. Hello everyone and welcome to ECDC On Air, the podcast of the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. My name is Katrin and we are recording from our headquarters in Stockholm, Sweden. In this episode, we are going to talk about one of the activities performed by ECDC, which is the monitoring of legionnaire disease. What is this disease? How do one catch it? And how ECDC monitors it? These are the topics of our discussion today. With us, we have Lara Payne, who works at ACDC as an expert in legionnaire disease. Hello, Lara. Nice to have you here. Hello, Catherine, and thank you so much for inviting me to join this podcast. Could you please tell us more about yourself? What is your background? So I'm a non-medical epidemiologist, some biologist in background, and I've worked at ECDC now for nearly 15 years. I have worked on a variety of different diseases under the time or even prior to ECDC, um, but I've become particularly interested in Legionnaires' disease um, for a number of reasons, partly because it's a very interesting infection and a disease coming from the environment. Um, and also, the environment in this sense involves water and piping and plumbing. And actually, when I was younger, my father was an engineer. He uh, worked on designing buildings. And actually, the construction of buildings and pipework and infrastructure. And so I spent a lot of time understanding about buildings and pipes. And I was always fascinated about what was inside the pipes. And uh, we even built showers uh, at times at home. And so I've always become a little bit interested, uh, I think, in my early days by water. And the water as a risk for, for infections then became um, really quite an interest later. Um, I am curious, why this name? Yeah, so Legionnaire's disease uh, got its name from an investigation of an outbreak of severe respiratory illness back in 1976. It was at a conference of the American Legion in America and the epidemiologists and, and other investigators that looked into this outbreak uh, subsequently identified later a, a, a new bacteria, um, uh, which they named Legionella, uh, which was the cause of this illness, and uh, it took its name after the after the legion, so a um, legionnaire's disease. Uh, usually, experts uh, are working on different diseases. Why you are specialized in only one disease? So yes, I actually work in the respiratory disease sec uh, group here at ECDC, but um, we I focused on one disease because we have a network, the ELSNET network, which uh, the European Legionnaire's Disease Surveillance Network that uh, focuses just on that disease as well, because it's kind of an unusual one in the sense that it's a respiratory pathogen, a respiratory disease, but it comes from the environment. It's, the bacteria comes from water and, and, and soil from, for, from the environment around us, which is quite different to other respiratory diseases, which are more person-to-person -person spread, such as uh, influenza or, or other colds. Um. Oh, you can get this disease. So Legionnaire's disease is caused by a bacteria um, which is called Legionella. 
And the Legionella species is actually over 60 different types, but about half of them is actually pathogenic or, or associated with disease in humans. And this bacteria lives in the environment around us, but it's not a problem until um, it becomes involved in water systems, engineered water systems where it can grow and where the water then becomes aerosols. And the water carries the bacteria essentially through mists and sprays or where bubble, where air has been blown through water to create bubbles. It creates this aerosol and this bacteria comes up in the air and we breathe it in and it comes into our lungs and we get infected. So where can I catch it? So as I said, it's an aerosol um, carrying a bacteria. So if we think where do we get mists and sprays, that can be the sources. But it, bacteria doesn't become a problem if the water sources are managed. But if you want to visualize like a building and say, okay, looking at the top all the way down to the outside of a building, and I consider where can mists or water sprays come from? Well, the bacteria could grow in the cooling towers on the roof of the building where water is used or recycled and reused to help cool the air in the building. So it's not an internal risk, but an, a, a mist that potentially goes outside the building, which can carry this bacteria where, the, where it's been growing in the water. If we go down the building, we can see that, okay, we can also have mists and sprays coming in showers. So when you put your shower on, it sprays water at a high, high pressure and that creates this mist. Or taps when you open and close them. There have even been cases associated with flushing toilets. You could get uh, aerosol where the bacteria could have been growing in um, in hot tubs or baths, which could create bubbles where you have these um, nice um, bubbling water. Um, so that would could also create an aerosol. You can also get aerosols from misting machines, uh, again, to help you cool down or, or humidify things. You can also get aerosols that could potentially carry the bacteria in fountains or hoses or irrigation of the garden. So all these kind of sources could develop aerosols of water where the bacteria could be present if it's not been controlled and adequately uh, assessed for the risk of its growth in these engineered water systems. Do you mean that tourists could catch it in a hotel, in any hotel? Yeah, so we talk about different buildings and buildings could be everything from a hospital. It could be a public building. It could be a home, a residential building. But also buildings can include hotels and, and, and large blocks of, of um, accommodation for tourists. And so we talk about also travel-associated Legionnaire's disease, or you may have heard about that, or TAL, because hotels and cruise ships or campsites, um, they're particular buildings or places where the water systems may be used in um, infrequent ways. So the water is not constantly flowing where the bacteria might be growing in the pipes. The water is not constantly flowing and being used. It stagnates. And stagnation, we know, is a risk for growing the bacteria. So in hotels where they may be closed for various times or the rooms might not be used depending on occupancy, there can be a risk, like other buildings that are not being used, that the water may grow and therefore become a risk for the bacteria being released in showers or, or other water sources when eventually the building does get used. Again, only if there isn't a sufficient water safety management plan or consideration of the risk. What are the symptoms? So Legionnaire's disease presents as a severe infection of the lungs. It 
essentially could begin with a fever, a high fever, uh, a dry cough, and then as a headache might come as well. And these symptoms are quite general. You know, they may be a lot like other influenza-like illnesses or, or, or other cold symptoms. But then the for Legionnaire's disease, the infection comes down to the lungs and then pneumonia occurs. And particular also to Legionnaire's disease is that other symptoms such as abdominal pain and diarrhea or even confusion, mental confusion can come because of the progress of the infection in the body. And sadly, Legionnaire's disease is also uh, a disease which can be deadly. Um, you can die from the infection if not promptly diagnosed and treated. As symptoms are similar to flu and other respiratory disease, how can we detect this disease? So um, it does present like other illnesses, but Legionnaire's disease has this pneumonia. So um, when a patient presents with severe infection and this development of a pneumonia, it's really about the suspicion of Legionnaire's disease as a type of diseases amongst community-acquired pneumonias that would prompt the doctor to actually test and take, do laboratory tests for Legionella infection. And the tests can vary, these laboratory tests can vary from um, urine samples, so a urine antigen test. Um, it can be that they take ask you for a sputum sample so that they can then also grow or do what was called a culture of uh, the, the specimen to see if the bacteria is present and whether it grows. And they may even do um, other tests such as bronchial lavages also to produce this sample um, and even do molecular tests such as PCR. So there's a variety of tests that can be done to see if you have actually got Legionella infection and that's the cause of the pneumonia. When looking for information on the internet on this disease, I saw that it is associated with Pontiac fever. What is Pontiac fever and what is the difference with Legionnaire disease? So actually, they are the same in the sense that they're caused by a Legionella infection. It's just that Pontiac fever is a different disease presentation. So it doesn't develop pneumonia. The infection doesn't progress to pneumonia. And the symptoms come on a bit faster, 12 to 48 hours, and doesn't usually require antibiotics to treat it. It essentially presents like a flu-like illness. Are there any antibiotics against this disease? Yes, there are antibiotics for uh, Legionnaire's disease, um, and they are very effective. But not all antibiotics work against Legionella infection. So it's really important on the suspicion of Legionnaire's disease to get a clinical and laboratory test, and therefore to know that you have Legionnaire's disease to treat with the right antibiotics. Why does the CDC work on this particular disease? We work on this disease because it unfortunately is a disease with high mortality or, or, or high morbidity, meaning that it can be a burden to uh, the health of, of the European population. Um, as the disease, if not promptly diagnosed and treated, can lead to death, we talked about there is 10% mortality, it's really important to know how much of a problem is this disease in Europe. And for that, we collect data with the countries to measure how many cases are there and who is affected across Europe. Are there a lot of cases in Europe? So up until uh, 2019, to before the pandemic, we had about 10,000 cases of Legionnaire's disease notified to or reported to ECDC every year. So 
that's actually been a, uh, a doubling of the number of cases in the five years up to 2019. So it is uh, an increasing problem in the EU area. What would be the reason for that? Is it an, an increase of the number of tourists traveling? So travel-related cases are actually only about 10-15% of all the cases that are reported to us. The majority of cases actually just acquire uh, Legionnaire's disease, what we call from the community. So it could be from the water systems in their, uh, in their environment around them. Um, in the buildings or from the buildings around them, or while they're out in the in the open air, as I mentioned, by cooling towers. So it's not necessarily related to just visiting uh, an accommodation or, or traveling. We don't really know why there is this sudden increase really in the last five years or so. We do know there is good testing and we do know that there is good reporting, but that we there are probably other drivers, other reasons why this is increasing. Um, but we don't have one answer. At ECDC, we manage several disease networks. Do we have also a network for diseases? Yes, the European Legionnaires Disease Surveillance Network, or the ELDSNET, is a network of epidemiologists and microbiologists across Europe who specialize in Legionnaires disease, or Legionella. And um, they, together as a network, create, uh, we have activities, but we collate data and uh, share our, our knowledge um, in various meetings to get a better understanding of what is happening with Legionnaires disease. Do we monitor it worldwide? So the countries collate data, they report data to ECDC about how many cases are notified in their own country. So data from the annual reporting scheme allow us to see how much of a burden is Legionnaires disease across Europe and in each country. And that data is accessible on ECDC website through the ATLAS, the annual or the annual epidemiological report. And there you can see so how many cases are notified, which is the sort of age and gender distribution, and what are the notification rates in your country. But it's not the only uh, surveillance system that the network um, undertakes together. We also have what's called the Travel Associated Legionnaires Disease Surveillance Scheme, which is a near real-time surveillance scheme. And by that, it means that when people are diagnosed with infection, the case is reported to ECDC as fast as possible when all information is collated as patients or cases are detected in real time. It's not just one reporting on, in one date in one year. And the purpose of the real-time or near real-time surveillance scheme is to help prevention of Legionnaires disease associated with travel accommodation sites in Europe, but even worldwide. So if you've been traveling and you stayed at a hotel or a camping site or a cruise ship or any commercial accommodation site, under the time that you could potentially have been the exposure source, so two to 10 days before illness is what we consider, and the history of your travel is given in terms of your risk factors, there may be information collated about the accommodation you stayed at, and that is reported up to um, from local to regional to national to, to ECDC to um, collate the information and identify potential clusters associated with the accommodation site. And this is done because when you travel, you often fall ill when you come home. And therefore, the accommodation or the country where the accommodation is located may not know about this case of Legionnaires disease. And as it has a high mortality rate, it's important to assess, is there a risk associated with this site or not, and therefore prevent other travellers who may be going there to uh, get infected. 
So it's really about collating information across the different countries who are reporting cases to help the country where the accommodation may be located to go out and assess the potential risk and help also those accommodation sites not to become a problem for, for Legionella infection. As a European citizen, do I have a mean to know dangerous places I should avoid? So the surveillance scheme covers travel sites worldwide in the sense that if you went on a hotel in, in Asia and that was reported to us, we would try and inform back to the country that we have had this report of a case. And so Elsnet has contacts, voluntary contracts worldwide, but also works with WHO to help reach out to regions and to countries to inform them so that they can therefore go and assess the risk. So there's all this action ongoing all the time to prevent. Um, in the EU, if an accommodation is assessed by a country and is considered that there is still a higher risk than um, expected at the site, that there, or there's an unknown risk, yet we know that there's a cluster, then it may be that the accommodation name is actually published on our, our webpage under what's called the accommodation list. What is ECDC added value in monitoring this disease? The added value for ECDC and working on the travel-associated infections is really about preventing potential cases in real time by collating information together. By getting information from the countries and by sharing this, we are potentially preventing illness and infections, which, which may be deadly. So it's really about supporting prevention um, of, of a serious disease. Okay, that was my last question. Thank you very much, Lara. That was super interesting. Thank you, Catherine. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To know more about the Legionnaire disease, visit our website at ecdc.europa.eu and follow us on social media.